I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, the managing editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And this week I'm super excited to talk to one of our executives of the year for 2022. It is Jennifer Boland Masterson. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. I appreciate being here and for the invite. <laughs> so we're going to talk about space, which is super exciting. So uh, Jennifer, it works as the director of manufacturing and the site leader for the Boeing Space and Launch Program at Mishu. And you guys had a big, big year. Um, in November, Artemis One was launched, and that's the most powerful rocket ever built and launched. And that was because of your team, right? Absolutely. You know, we've been working extremely hard for the past several years to get the core stage uh, ready for Artemis One. And just to be able to see on November 16th, it launch, uh, I'll tell you, the whole team, myself, I mean, tears were in our eyes uh, just to be able to see that uh, launch. It was a great day, a very historic day for us. And that, so that's something that's, that's multiple teams that make that happen. And so we'll talk about what your team did and your, your, you guys did the core stage of the rocket. And that is something that takes over after the boosters get it off the ground. Is that right? It, it's simultaneously. The boosters last for about two minutes. Okay. And while that's going on, we're the core stage is also powering the rocket. But we go over eight minutes uh, for the full before we detach from the ICPS and the Orion. The goal, our part, will get us further Orion into space. Okay. So that gets the, out of the atmosphere. Is that? Yeah. Okay, yes. awesome. So, what what does that core stage look like? Is how big of a of a thing is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it's a pretty big uh, rocket here, and I will tell you that uh, ours are two hundred and twelve feet is the core stage. Uh, it consists of five articles. Uh, we have what's called the forward skirt that's on top, and that's where your ICPS and Orion will attach to. Then you have your liquid oxygen tank. Then you have what you call your inner tank uh, is next. Then your liquid hydrogen tank, and then your engine section, which houses the four RS-25 engines. Now, the first uh, several launches will be those RS-25 engines came off of the shuttle program. Oh, okay. But very historic from a standpoint, each one of them, which is really great when the astronauts come to our facility, they're like, yeah, that engine was on my rock or on my shuttle because <laughs> uh, they can uh, they have all those details. Um, so, yeah, it's you know, it's huge. Um, it's a great product. Uh, this team has done so much. You know, you mentioned um, this program here. Uh, we have engineers out of Huntsville. So our design starts out in the Huntsville area. Okay. Um, so we design it, we build it here at Michoud. We test it here at Michoud. We also test it at Stennis. Uh, we did what was called a hot fire where we ran for the, over eight minutes uh, 
didn't launch, right? It was just that core stage, but we made sure that everything functioned like it was supposed to. Then we shipped it to Kennedy Space Center where our team helped integrate with the boosters, the ICPS, the Orion, and made it all one Artemis. And then we helped with the uh, launch. So what you said, I, what's ICPS? Oh, you would ask me that. Uh, <laughs> so it is the uh, interim uh, cryogenic propulsion stage. Okay. All right. That sounds fancy. <laughs> it, it, it gets you a little further into uh, orbit for uh, Orion. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and you're talking about your team. You have, it's over a thousand employees. Yeah, there's, there's a thousand employees here at Michoud for Boeing. Um, and it's about over 50 different job classifications. So, I mean, it's a wide range. It's your technicians that are building it, your quality team, your engineering team, your design teams down here also. Um, we have our finance, our scheduling team. Uh, I, I could name, you know, like I said, over 50. So, you know, we, we get a good portion of our community that is working on this program. Partnering with NASA, because we are at a NASA site. This is uh, NASA's home. Uh, so we partner with our customer, NASA. And then, so back up just a second. I wanted to learn a little bit more about you. You are not from this area like me, but you are, you're from Indiana. So how did... Okay, so we'll start at the top here. So how did you get into sciences and technology and all of that? Because it hasn't until fairly recently been um, anything that you see a lot of women in top positions. Yeah, so, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I really loved math and science, um, math especially. And, you know, I, I remember my freshman year in high school, um, I thought I was going to be an accountant. Because I'm like, okay, I'm good with numbers, accounting's it. I took my first accounting class in high school and I'm like, oh, this is no offense to any accountants, this is boring. <laughs> and so I had a great mentor as uh, my teacher in math. And I said, you know, I wanna do something with math, but I really just don't know what that is. And he was great. He gave me a whole list of things that I could look at. I did my research and I'm like, this electrical engineering, this really sparked a lot of my interest. And so at that point in time, I decided, hey, I'm going to be an electrical engineer. And that's when I got my senior year, I applied to Purdue University and I got my electrical engineering degree. And I'm like, all right, in our area in Indiana, we're pretty much known for two main things, steel making, which my father was in, okay. and then the automotive industry. Right. Uh, and my dad's like, uh, you're not going into the steelmaking industry. <laughs> so it kind of left me as, oh, I guess I'm going to go into, uh, you know, the automotive. And that's how I started my career was in manufacturing for automotive. So what did you do in that end? Uh, that end, I was actually a manufacturing engineer on the shop floor. Uh, we made torsional dampers and suspension bushings and engine mounts. Uh, so all, you, all the cool stuff that you need to be able to keep your engine in vibration control so you're not feeling it as the driver. So when I get into a car, I can tell you, I'm like, okay, the suspension bushings, you <laughs> do a little work into it, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, that's what uh, I did for about uh, 11 and a half years. Oh, wow. And so who did you work for doing that? 
that company was called Freudenberg NOK at the time. It was a half German, half Japanese base. So got a lot of uh, expertise in lean, uh, which has really just helped me throughout my whole career with that lean concept. Because uh, what best way to learn from the Japanese and the Germans? Right, absolutely. Um, and then you got in, so you went from cars to boats after that? Yeah. Um, I felt like it was a time for a change. And so, you know, I looked for a different opportunity. And in South Carolina, uh, Cummins, Mercruiser Diesel was there and they had a position uh, available in on the production floor standpoint. And so I moved into that area down south. Oh, wow. Okay. So you came down south and then you went to when you were at Boeing, you started at Boeing. When did you start with Boeing? I started with Boeing at 2012. Uh, and so they announced uh, when I was in South Carolina, uh, they announced that they were going to build the 787 final assembly there in Charleston, South Carolina. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a great opportunity. And so I applied for it and uh, was lucky to uh, get uh, to be part of the very first 787 coming off of the Charleston assembly line. Okay, so you have done roads and boats and air and now space yes so is there anything left i don't think there is <laughs> i don't think there is it's the it, final frontier exactly but it's an exciting time for america to get back into deep space Absolutely. i'm just so excited to get you know the first woman to be on the moon the first person of color being on the moon and then getting you know our ultimate goal is to get to mars yeah okay so tell me Tell me what that looks like now. So you guys had the big party November 16th and you got to see your work. And um, so now what are you guys doing now? What's your what's your day to day? Uh, so now we are in the process of uh, completing our core stage two that will go for Artemis two. Uh, we'll be rolling that out this year and shipping it to Kennedy Space Center. Uh, in the meantime, we are also building the core stage for three and four. So we've got three rockets in play at the Mashuda assembly facility. Wow. Along with when I talked about that ICPS um, on Artemis 4, the ICPS is going to go away and we're going to replace it with, with what we call EUS, the exploration upper stage. And what that does is it gives us more payloads um, because what we want to do is or what NASA wants to do is to build a gateway so that we can get to Mars. Uh, and so you got to be able to get, build that gateway with a lot of um, stuff being sent up to uh, the moon and the space around the moon so we can build that gateway. And the uh, EUS will allow us to do that. So two, three, and four are all going to go back to the moon? Yes. Well, two is going to be with everything from two on will be with astronauts. Okay. Uh, remember, one was not. It was our test article. Right. Uh, it was the first time a human um, spacecraft uh, rated, human rated spacecraft went the furthest in space. Uh, and we wanted to check that all out before we put astronauts on them. Uh, Artemis 2 will follow the same uh, path that Artemis 1 did, but this time with uh, astronauts. And then three is to land on the moon. Okay, so when is two happening? Uh, they're still working the schedules out for two and three. Okay. Um, and so that should be uh, published pretty soon. Okay, cool. 
Um, so you guys are working on three different rockets at the same time. Yes. So you, you'd mentioned changes to four. Are two and three going to be basically just like one because you test it out and you know it's safe? Okay. Yes. Okay. So now you just have to duplicate what you did. Exactly. Cool. All right. All right. All right. Um, so what is, what does your day to day look like? Oh, I don't think there is a day that looks the same. Um, <laughs> but, so I tell you, you know, several different things like, and I'll pick on yesterday's day. You know, we, we do a monthly all team meeting. Uh, we gather the team together. We talk about our performances. It's a great opportunity for them to ask questions for them to understand the mission and where we're going so that uh, they're, you know, we want our whole team to own our business. And so the best way to do that is bring everyone together and talk about our performance. Um, so I do that on a monthly basis. Um, but I also, you know, some of my days, it's just walking around the floor, uh, helping the team out if they have any concerns or, you know, they, they have a situation or they wanna share a new idea. This team is very innovative and they're always looking at ways to improve our processes, our product. Uh, you know, they just, they come up with great ideas. So I'm there to help remove their roadblocks so that they can implement those ideas. Awesome. Um, so we talked about it a little bit earlier on, but um, the diversity in, in engineering and tech has, has gotten better. Um, what, what do you see? I know you're, you're kind of an active um, proponent of diversifying and, and um, you know, getting a whole bunch of different faces and talents in there. So how, what are you doing to that extent and, and where do you see everything moving? Um, so a couple things that um, I look at is the first thing is um, being part of the community. Uh, we have partnered with uh, STEM NOLA, Dr. Calvin Mackey, oh, awesome. um, which is great. Uh, it's great to let people know in New Orleans that we're not just about hospitality, but we're actually a manufacturing state too. Because um, a lot of folks just don't know that NASA and Boeing are, and even Lockheed Martin, who does the Orion, part of the Orion's done here also. Yeah. So people don't know that we're actually here. So really getting out in that community. So Dr. Uh, Calvin Mackey with the STEM NOLA is one of the ways uh, to do that. He does put on a rocket day every July. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's great. I, I've attended every single one since I've been here for the past five years. Um, because I get to, besides seeing the energy of the kids, uh, it's great to meet the parents, right? Because they're the ones getting their kids involved in STEM very early on. Um, so I think being part of the community is really important for that diversification. We're also partnering with our local and community colleges. Uh, right now we have a program uh, with Nunez Community college. Uh, it's called the Aerospace Technician Associates degree. So if you're thinking about, hey, I'm not sure I want to do this, but I'm interested in it, you can actually uh, sign up for their classes. And we've got a partnership with them. After a year of going through their classes, we do a work program with them where they'll work here Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but still have to go to school Tuesdays and Thursdays to see if this is something that they want to go do. And then we're partnering with UNO, uh, Tulane, uh, LSU, uh, the local or the local big colleges too, from an engineering standpoint. So we're trying to get it from all ends. Yeah, that's really exciting. So letting letting people know that there is, like you said, we are very known for hospitality, but it's it's not a huge paying career in a lot of ways. So 
So just um, letting people know that there are those those other options as well, and that we are a big science. It's it's funny you don't think space when you think Louisiana, but you're correct. And you know what? People don't realize NASA has been here for sixty years. 60 oh wow! And they started out with the Saturn program was built here. Uh, the external tank where the shuttle sat on top of that tank was built here by Lockheed. So it's been built here. So space comes through New Orleans. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so how do people, I guess, kind of keep up to date with what you guys are doing? Um, I would tell you there's a couple great websites to go on. Obviously, the Boeing uh, space program. You can go onto our space uh, to see uh, how we're progressing there. Uh, you've also got the NASA uh, website to go on to because that has everything about Artemis. Um, so those would be two of the key things that I would tell folks to go to is the Boeing space and the NASA. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. You guys are super busy over there, um, but I appreciate you taking out the time and congratulations again. We're excited to have you as one of our executives of the year for 2022. And um, obviously keep, keep reaching for the moon. <laughs> Absolutely, Kim. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.